Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Welcome to the Mac Attack with Mac. Big, white, stiff. T-Bone. It's hard to do a show with a guy that's so volatile. Preppy. The bills make me want to shout. Now your host and cursor of many teams, Chris McLean. Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. The Yankees lose. The Yankees lose. That is a shame, man. Bone not feeling well. He can't come in today. And the first you, thing Bone. Preppy does is mock the Yankees. That is the unfortunate. Yankees lose. That is unfortunate, man. Uh, Yankees did lose last night. The Rays are a force to be reckoned with. There's no doubt about that. Mac and uh, Bone, typically, it's Mac and Preps today. As uh, Bone takes the day off, but we got things to accomplish. We have a busy sports time We've got uh, both one seeds going down the NBA. Braves take a loss last night. Can the Canes survive today? Four o'clock, they drop the puck in the bubble, in the NHL bubble. Canes down 3-1 to the Bruins. We'll talk to John Forslund today at 840, the former voice of the Canes. He's calling these games on NBC, however. Uh, We've got a lot of Panthers training camp stuff to talk about. Russell O'Kung spoke yesterday, and again, I cannot stress just how interesting of an individual he is. All right, and you will hear some of that coming up here this hour on the Mac Attack on FNZ. Mac Brown, Coach K, both speak out about their sports situations moving forward. I think you're going to want to hear that in the first hour of this show as well. So lock it in here. We got you covered, and uh, we will pull together. Preppy and I will pull together, and uh, we will battle through without the bone man. We also have the, I mean, just a messy situation with the Hornets and John Fokey, their play-by-play guy, and and he's placed on suspension over a, a, a tweet uh, that included the N-word, and he says, hey, it's inadvertent. I typed a couple of letters wrong. So we'll get into that whole thing. I know a lot of uh, Hornets fans are kind of asking about that as well. But we got a lot of uh, good stuff to jump into on this Mac Attack radio show, and I may stand up for Matt Rule's honor on this show. I know that's going to surprise a lot of people, but I may do that on this radio show today. All right, so we're ready to rock and roll. We got to start With the NBA and the fact that we got some bubble madness. Both one seeds lose. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. 
Prempy outlasted me last night. He watched the whole Lakers-Portland game. I was I was uh, going on and on, Preppy, about how I love the fact that these late games, the latest a game starts now in the bubble, in the playoffs, is nine. I said, I can watch all, I can watch all of the late game. Well, the last two days I've had a little trouble doing that, all right? <laughs> <laughs> With our schedule and me getting old, okay, I fell asleep. So there's about, I don't know, seven minutes, eight minutes ago, I fell asleep on uh, this Portland-LA game. Blazers win. 100 to 93 and you know i know you saw the whole thing here portland apparently hit big time threes down the stretch like five of them i know lebron was talking about after the game mccollum anthony lillard lillard went off for 34 in this game and for the lakers i mean lebron lebron was good but anthony davis i think he was what was he about 25 or 33 percent for the field eight of 24 and the three-point shooting for the Lakers, man. You play on LeBron's team. And Frank Vogel said this last night. He said LeBron would have 20-something assists last night if we hit our threes. You play on LeBron's team. The shooters got to hit shots, preps. Yeah, 5 of 31 from Ooh. three. I just think it's not panic time if you're a Lakers fan or, you know, a player well, on the Lakers. Portland's good, though, Portland man. Portland is very good. I don't want to rule them. You know, I don't want to say that the Lakers got this in the bag or anything because obviously not. Portland can win games here, but... If the Lakers shoot better, if Anthony Davis just shoots better, they lose that game by seven after missing 26 threes. Like, come on. Like, guys like Danny Green, guys like Caruso got to step up and hit some shots for the Lakers. But, no, all credit to Portland. They hit some big shots. McCollum and Lillard had to go into the fourth quarter. McCollum hit one from right inside the logo again. Whenever the game was tied at 89, they put them up by three, and that was kind of it from there. But... These guys are not a typical eight seed. They can beat anybody in this playoffs, and they just happen to be playing the Lakers see, in the first I, round. See, listen, I think this is really cool that the one seeds lost both games. And by the way, major shout-out to my man, Steve Clifford, who's a great guy, former Hornets coach, and we may have made some jokes <laughs> about him as good as he is defensively. How's he going to handle the freak? Well, it didn't matter because the freak went off yesterday, but it didn't matter because the other support guys around him Middleton struggled. Bledsoe, they had a combined nine field goals yesterday in support of Giannis. And Orlando won. Orlando controlled that game. Here's the thing. I do view, like, it's cool that the ones lost. And I do want bubble madness. First of all, it feels like March Madness because you're watching games in the middle of the it's day. It's awesome. Which yeah. is very cool, yeah. I think. Then you throw in the fact you had both ones lose. So it's like, okay. And we've been wondering for, for weeks, perhaps, are we going to see in the playoffs unpredictable stuff just because it's just so different, right? They restarted after being away for a while. They're in the bubble. There's no home court advantage. I I would be more apt to think though, like Portland, like I we said yesterday, Bone and I, like we thought Portland was going to make it at least a six game series. Like to me, I feel like Portland is going to really push the Lakers. If Milwaukee wins the next four games, like I'm not shot. Like, mm -hmm. like if one team upset pulls the eight-one upset, it's Portland, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think that the Lakers just came out really flat, and so did the Bucks. I mean, they haven't taken any of these playing games seriously. No, they haven't the been playing good. They yeah. haven't had meaningful games. Exactly. Yeah, and I no. Portland is a huge threat, and it might just be terrible for them that they have to play the Lakers in the first round because they're one of the best teams playing in the NBA right now, for sure. See, here's the thing. I'm torn on this. Because LeBron James makes things interesting. Like, his oh. presence makes things, whether you like him or not, right? I can at least admit, it's the same thing like with Tiger. I'm not a Tiger fan right now, but it's like their presence makes things interesting. So, if LeBron goes all the way finals, like, it's interesting, right? There's a storyline. Oh, can he get four? And then the LeBron fans start chirping about MJ, and, and then I, and then my <laughs> then old buck gets back. angry. Yeah. And it, you know, it just creates content and debate and stuff like that. But here's the thing. 
And and people out there listening, I, I know there's got to be people with me on this. LeBron losing a first-round series would be rather entertaining. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, man. It would be insane. It would be a big shot against LeBron in the MJ-LeBron debate. Hell, he. this is only the second time he's lost, I think, like a game one in the first series. It is, yeah. Has he ever lost? He's not lost in the first round. He's right? thir 13 or 14 and 0 in the first round, yeah. but he was 12 and 1 going into last night. In and, game and one. Game one. And they lost to Indiana a few years ago in game one. Man, That's this. Was. So this, uh, this just adds intrigue, and I hope it adds ratings, man. I know everybody's busy bitching about. I don't think bitching's the right word. I think everybody's busy, you know, kind of debating the NBA Thursday's ratings. Thursday's ratings will be up for Thursday, game. Yeah, to see them try to yeah. make it even. And again, here's the thing. They don't have a home game. Like, yeah. if say, say Portland went into L.A. and stole one, right? Mm -hmm. You still would have at least that next game where it's like you can't go down 2-0, but you're at home. Definitely. This one's in the bubble, man. <laughs> it's a neutral site. There's no fans there except the virtual ones, you know? Yeah. So... I don't know, man. There's intrigue with this. So uh, both Milwaukee and Portland as eight seeds win the game one. Jesse Houston won pretty convincingly. There was another game. Why am I not remembering what it was? What's what was the, the other game? Houston? Houston, Houston. won. <laughs> what was the other game? I'm trying to remember. I know they had to play four. What am they I missing? Four. So the first game was oh, Milwaukee. Oh, no, it was a good game. The Miami-Indiana oh, game. Oh, Miami won. Yeah, yeah. the Butler-Warren battle. Yep, yep. Butler hit a couple of big threes late. I'll tell you, Dragic went off. In that fourth quarter of that game, that's a, that that could be an even series. Old Depot went out in the first quarter. Yeah, the eye, yeah, that's eye. big. So that didn't help them either. But I don't know, man. It was good. It's it's it's, it's really cool. You got wall to wall NBA on, and uh, we'll see about the ratings. I know that there was an article in the Athletic yesterday about how if you look at the NBA uh, ratings since 2012, like a lot of people are trying to you know just talk about post bubble and you know Black Lives Matter movement and all that stuff and, and attach it. But since 2012, TNT ratings down 40%, ABC ratings down 45%. So this is like an extended thing. I'd like to see the NBA have some success, but uh, time will tell with the, with the ratings. Uh, baseball regionally with the ratings has been doing good. And I know Braves fans have been locked into the season. It has not been smooth sailing. With, with the injuries, Acuna and Albies out now. And then obviously you have the Soroka and the Hamels injuries and pitching staff. Braves last night, I, I thought they were in a good spot, man. I really did. Like, they started Tomlin out of the pen. He gave them four innings, and because of two-run homers, no, I guess, uh, okay, because of a two-run homer by Freeman, they then had a 5-2 lead in the fifth. And the Braves have one of the best pens in baseball, the way they've been pitching. I really thought, man, this pen this pen can hold a three-run lead. And uh, you had Matzik right there, blow it right there in the fifth inning. And the Braves never – well, I think they got back They got back to 5-5, but they never led after that again. They lose 8-5 last night. The Braves' pen gives up six runs, uh, including Melanson. They hadn't given up a, 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 um, a run in, like, his last 15 or so appearances. So that one stinks because, again, it's got to be lineup and bullpen with the Braves. Your bullpen comes in in this kind of crazy year where starters aren't going as far. You started a bullpen guy. That pen with a three-run lead in the ninth, or not ninth, fifth. I thought they were going to be able to handle that. So the Braves lose last night. I'm trying to get a look here at the uh, standings. I think the Marlins are still up. 
in this division, as goofy as the standings are. Have they played over 10 games yet? Let's see here. Oh, now I went to schedule. This is great live radio. Mac <laughs> trying to figure out ESPN.com, a site I'm on 50 times a day. All right, the Braves are in first place by a game over to Marlins. Um, uh, Marlins have lost four straight, including a couple of those to the Braves. Braves at 14 and 11. So it's not, I mean, it's not great. They have the worst record of any of the, no, uh, well, yeah, of any of the division leaders, they have the worst record, but they have a division where teams have struggled this year across the board. Marlins at nine and eight are a game back. So Braves are in a position where I think, again, I think they can win this division, but it's just, man, it's going to be hard to, to do a lot more than that with a starting pitching situation. And now they got to keep trying to roll without Acuna and Albies for a while. So we'll see what happens. Shameless uh, Orioles mention they lost last night. Well, I feel like the big base running blunder in the 10th thing. I feel like the Orioles are starting to Oriole a little bit right now, which means prep the good news for the six o'clockers is eventually I won't talk about them anymore. <laughs> kind of like you and your pirates. Oh, Perhaps yeah. I have a word to say. I will get like that at some point. If the Orioles keep Oriole, like they have the last two days. That, I haven't said anything all year about my pirates. I know you've been very low key, very low. Your ECU pirates. You barely talk about <laughs> your Pittsburgh pirates. You very, you barely, uh, rarely talk about. All right. Pirates of the Caribbean. You're not talking about. <laughs> all right, man, we got to do it. When we come back, Mac Brown, what's it? like with the students off campus is it better for football really well sports radio fnz mac and preps with you today we are delivered by bojangles bone not feeling well today and uh we should get him back tomorrow get him back in the lineup tomorrow you give him a quick little off day and you get them back here in the lineup on the Mac attack on FNZ. We got Panthers talk. You got to hear some of the stuff Russell Okung was saying about the virus and about what did he say towards Jeremy Fowler, the ESPN reporter that had the original report that he was contemplating retirement. He came out swinging. So uh, you'll hear that. That's coming up right around 640. So make sure you stay with us for that coming up. But I want to focus a little bit here on college sports. And yesterday, a lot of the, you know, big program coaches in the Carolinas were speaking. Mac Brown, Will Muschamp had media sessions. Uh, I think South Carolina just yesterday had their first day of fall practice. But you had Coach K. He did an interview on ESPN Radio as well. So there's some big names that were speaking about kind of how to handle and, you know, each situation in their current sports. And I think it's notable. Um, it, we'll start with Mac Brown, who, you know, was doing a little interview circuit yesterday. It was on ESPN, but he held a presser after they got done with practice. And of course you knew he was going to be asked about this kids, you know, being taken off campus and learning now at UNC being all virtual. How does that affect their ability to play football at UNC? There's a great chance that we're going to play. Um, and even yesterday with uh, uh, not going to classrooms, that helps us uh, create a, a better seal around our, our program and a, and a better bubble. Uh, the NC, uh, the uh, NBA model's working. Uh, they've had uh, very few distractions, uh, and, and that's what we're trying to do. All right, so that's Mac, and that's kind of what my feeling was. Yesterday we had a segment on the show where we played some old audio of Danny Cannell, CBS Sports. And I'm talking about like maybe six, eight weeks ago, right? Where he said, 
you can play college football if the students are learning virtually and off campus and the players are the only ones on campus. And I got my, you know, I turned into Mr. Huffy Pants and I got all worked up about it as maybe as Mr. Huffy Pants. Every now and then I'll do preps. Like I, that's a very rare thing for me to get all worked up about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got all worked up. And I said yesterday, Danny Cannell was right. It was hard for me to say, but I, I, I admitted it. Whereas if all the schools were off campus with the general population and the players were able to kind of bubble up like Mac is talking about, I feel like that would better the chance of the college football. So keeping those guys safe and the college football season happening. So I, I'm with Mac Brown. I've come around to that. I know there are still people on the other side of this thing. I just I saw uh, I heard yesterday Booger McFarland says, how on earth can it not be safe for the students, but it's safe for the football players? Uh, Jeff Schwartz said, oh, so much for amateur athletics. You're basically admitting that this is an amateur athletics, right? So I know, you know, I used those same arguments just six or eight weeks ago. But I look at it now and I just kind of feel like looking at what happens or what, is ha what has happened around the country when regular students come back to campus, I think you're seeing they're acting like knuckleheads or just, just honestly acting like college kids. I hate to say it. I'm pretty sure I'd be doing the same stupid crap. But it, it felt like there was, you know, kind of a bubble when players were there over the summer by themselves working out. Like, they have more to lose if they get the virus. If football can't happen, you know, that affects them way more than, than college kids, you know, regular college kids. So, I, I and I don't know, and again, I don't know how everybody feels about that out there listening, but it's like, I, I agree with Mac Brown. Now, here's the only problem, though. Can you get... If something would have been coordinated, I know this is funny to say, if something would have been coordinated between the Power Five schools <laughs> well in advance, and clearly that was not done, right? But if they would have coordinated it where all the Power Five schools would have done it, like, say, Clemson's done it, and, and, and they went into it saying, we're going to keep our students off campus at the beginning, football players we're going to have there, and it would have been a coordinated effort, I feel like they would have had a chance. Here's the problem, though. You're going to have schools, if, if all schools don't do what UNC did, and apparently Notre Dame's doing it, by the way, for the next couple of weeks, Michigan State's doing it as well, like a lot of these campuses that are reporting back are realizing, oh, crap, maybe we should have done the virtual learning. So, but, but, but say you have UNC playing against a team that has students on campus and whose players are mingling more with the regular general student population, like in a game – do you have five UNC players get the virus because they're tackling and rolling around with players who are mixing with the students on their case? So to me, the ideal way of doing it, again, this is hindsight. I didn't have the foresight of this either, but you would have hoped that the leaders would have foresight and you would have hoped that the leaders of the power five schools could have worked together better than they have instead of having their own doctors. You would have, like, why couldn't all their doctors work the hell together? You know what I mean? Let's get a panel of doctors for all the power five conferences. But that that's that's my fear is does it you know does it work if not all the schools that are playing each other are all kind of in their own virtual bubble by the way app state had a setback last night they had their students are back on campus too i'm sure these things are are related right uh you can't keep the football players away from the students if they're all going to class um app state i think had 11 cases of COVID in their football program, four employees, seven players. So they have temporarily shut down football practices there at app. So um, you see it hit home right there, man. And this is what happens. The biggest obstacle I'm convinced now is the general students doing their thing 
and then mingling with players, and then players mingling with each Again, again, it doesn't take much. You could have five football players out of a 100-man roster that want to mingle. The other 95 could be choir boys. Say, I'm staying away from the regular students just because of this extreme case to try to save football. And the other five, if they get it, and they and they you know bring it into the locker room. So I don't know, man. It's a mess. It's complicated. But I am interested on how y'all feel about it in terms of, I mean, is Mac Brown right? Like, is this the ticket? If every school sends their students home in a Power Five, do we get a shot at football or a better shot at football? And I guess it's not the Power Five anymore. There's only Power Three left uh, trying to play. 704-570-9610. Building Center text line, if you want to hop in, it's Mac and Prep and the Prep Dog. Woo! Uh, Bone is out today. And by the way, uh, coming up in a few minutes, I will tell you what the texters are saying about Bone. Y'all are ruthless. Y'all are ruthless, <laughs> evil human beings, man. I'm telling you right now. Don't mess with Text Nation. But uh, one other thing I want to mention is the college basketball side of things. Obviously, we they have time on their side with college basketball. But if they dilly-dally, they're going to be like, you know, baseball and be like, you know, college football and other sports that have struggled to kind of get things going. Coach K was on ESPN yesterday, and he was asked about the NCAA tournament. Are we? Uh, can you? How do you feel about having an NCAA tournament? Men's college basketball in the tournament pays for something like ninety-eight percent of the. It produces ninety-eight percent or more of the money uh, for the NCAA, not college football or any other sport. So, yeah, uh, we need we need to have the tournament. Uh, we can't have it where two years in a row you do not have the NCAA tournament. And, guys, I think that's where you should start is make sure we have the tournament. doesn't make any difference when it is because we don't even know when the NBA season is going to be next year. That is, when you think about it, because the NCAA, that, the money that is made with, with college football, you know, big time, FBS college football, that money, that money's not going to the NCAA. NCAA's not involved. Like you can see here, the NCAA trying to almost twist the arms of the schools that want to play college football not to play, but they don't have any jurisdiction over that. But Coach K's right. Their revenue maker, and again, I think it is close to 98, something like that percent of their revenue comes in from the NCAA tournament. So the NCAA right now, they seem to want to be the, you know what I mean? They want to be the responsible ones about not playing sports right now. But come that NCAA tournament, they are going to do all they can. And I heard John Calipari talk about it yesterday, something Kevin Keats has talked about, Jay Bill has talked about on this show. The bubble concept for college basketball has to be explored. I, you know, I, I don't know the details. I don't know how you do it. If you bubble up certain teams within a conference, certainly the NCAA tournament, you got to try to find a way to do different bubbles, you know, um, throughout the tournament. But, yeah, the NCAA will be desperate for that revenue. Coach K is right about it. There is no doubt at all i also wanted to to mention this from the texters uh you guys are ruthless prep dog i don't even think we're this evil dude and yes i will fully admit if you did not hear the show a few weeks ago when bone was on vacation i believe three out of the five days in the six o'clock hour we did wake him up we did call and wake him up while he was trying to sleep and he was angry at us but uh the texters now that are saying wake bone up and there are multiple texters saying wake bone up the man is sick, and to top it all off, he told me he slept 10 hours. He texted me at 4. 
not ten hours. What am I talking about? He ten said, minutes. He said he te- he said he slept ten minutes the whole night. How eat like I I don't know about you, preps, because you're a pretty evil dude. The way you talk oh, about Panthers come on. and Panther fans on a daily basis. I'm a nice guy, but I don't even think we're that evil that we would wake a dude up that only slept. 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference from whenever he's on vacation. He actually doesn't feel good and he can't sleep. So, I mean, yeah, I just think waking him up right now is just probably not the That's best idea. That's too far, man. Now, but, vaca- but I said right now, though, maybe like 930, 940, we can oh, get him Oh, then you'll wake him up. Then you'll mess with him. I, you're still kind of evil. 630 is kind of too early. Ruining a vacation, though, is in my repertoire. Like, I don't have any shame in my game messing up a man's vacation. That's just a good radio prank, right, to your longtime radio partner. I've worked with him 15 years plus. When he tells me, man, I can't be there, and he, fe- and he felt so bad, too, that he couldn't be here for the show, if I do that to him, I'm going straight to H-E double hockey sticks. There is no, <laughs> like, I don't think I could say puppies, old ladies, children, women, I could do, it doesn't matter what I do for the rest of my life. I believe if I wake up bone after he heartfelt told me how bad his night was last night, I believe I end up spending time with Lucifer. I don't think there's any doubt <laughs> in my mind. Seriously, yeah, you've done worse. and you're headed there already, Preps. Oh, get out of here! You talk about the Panther fan base, my lord. You agreed with me yesterday. By you're the saying w- the same thing. What about Matt Rule? Yeah, about the Panthers fans. Are they annoying? No, ju- I just disagree with them on the way they. Some of them talk about oh, Matt Rule. Okay. By the way, you fill it in. You got to fill in for your boy uh, Bone. What you got over there, Preps? Yeah, I do. Mac, the Charlotte Comfort Systems heating and air temperature right now in Charlotte is 69 degrees. Get a new Lennox system as low as $89 with Charlotte Comfort Systems. Send a tweet to join the show to at MacWFNZ or at WFNZ. And that's Carolina Custom Wheel Tweets at CarolinaCustomWheels.com. Sponsored by the Building Center Text Line. I said it earlier. Russell Okung yesterday uh, fired a shot at Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. He was the first one to report that he's considering retiring. You got to hear that shot. That's coming up next. We'll review Yesterday at Panthers camp, it's the Mac Attack, Sports Radio FNZ. You know, I think it's unfortunate um, that, you know, so many people, um, uh, certain people in the media uh, are more interested in being the first to report as opposed to reporting something that's accurate. Uh, no conversations like that have been had uh, in order for, for uh, uh, that individual to feel it necessary to put any information out there that. And especially in, in, in during this time, when so many uh, people, Americans across the world, are uh, dealing with uh, unemployment, uh, to even uh, put any sort of farce of information out there is uh, extremely disappointing. Sports Radio FNZ, Mac and Preps with you, Bone, out today. We'll get him back tomorrow. Russell Okun right there. Uh, he was up. The Panthers do this uh, two Zoom uh, media conference calls a day after practice. And now that they're doing, you know, regular uh, camp practices, Matt Rule is doing a daily one as well. You'll hear from him in a second. But that was Russell Okung firing shots. And for people that don't know, Jeremy Fowler is the one that's directed at. He didn't mention him by name, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL reporter. He was the first one to report that Russell Okung is considering retiring. All right. And Okung has not been happy about it. He he's said stuff on Twitter. He's taken a shot at ESPN and Jeremy Fowler on Twitter previously. So I knew the first time he was asked about it, I knew he was going to not be bashful. And he's not a bashful dude. I mean, he talked about all kinds of stuff. He gave an answer for about a minute. I mean, I'm trying to figure this guy out because he is truly different and interesting and more than a football player and thoughtful. But he also at times is a walking contradiction. <laughs> I'm trying to really figure out what Russell Okung is all about. 
um, just as a person. Forget on the field. On the field, we'll start figuring it out um, in uh, you know once the season gets going. But like for like for example, you know he goes off on the ESPN report. Well, his own agent told Joe Person and told Elena Getzenberg from the Charlotte Observer that yeah, if if things get worse with the virus, he he could definitely retire. Like his own agent said that after the report came out. But now Russell Okun wants to slam ESPN. It's like there's something there, man. Like clearly you're thinking about it. your own agent is admitting that you're thinking about it. So I know Russell Okun is basically going fake news, fake news. But it's like your own agent confirmed that it is possible depending on how the virus goes. So I, I, I can't really get a Bible. And here's the other one, too. OK, so his agent says that he is considering, you know, if things go sideways with the virus, he's considering opting out. And by the way, it's been linked to, you know, the, the blood clots and uh, the, the pulmonary embolism he had last year because of blood clots. And he missed, uh, I think, 10 games with that. But here's what he said yesterday when he's asked about, like, you know, are you fearful of this virus at all? Like, I'm a full believer. I think the human body is extremely resilient. I, I think we need to uh, really acknowledge the fact that, you know, people, we come in and we have interactions with millions of bacteria and viruses uh, per year. Um, and uh, I think, you know, uh, I, I try to look at my life holistically, you know, so whether that's eating the proper, uh, having a proper diet, you know, taking my, my, my vitamins, uh, that's the best I can do. Uh, anything other than that, it's out of my control. Um, and I, I can't be fearful of that overall. See, Russell Kung is clearly a sharp dude, like a smart dude, thoughtful. You can tell he's been very involved in labor situation of the league. He cares about stuff like that, right? The greater good of the league, the players. But I just don't know where he's coming from. You ever meet somebody, right? And you just, it's like, one comment makes you feel like you've got them figured out, and then they make another. And that's what Russell Okung is for me. Ultimately, I don't know if any of this should matter for our purposes, by the way. Like, you know, where he's at politically or all these other things. If he plays football, you know, ultimately that's all we care about. I do think there's a level of unpredictability with him and health concerns with him that I think do make it you know, questionable in terms of giving him a long-term contract, you know, and by long-term at his age, I mean like another two years after this, because both tackles contracts are up. His is up and uh, Taylor Moten's are up uh, after the season. Okung, by the way, as far as practice went, had his best practice he's had here in a while. Like he, you know, he practiced longer than he had the last couple of days, not the, you know, spending half the practice in the, in, in the pool getting treatment or any of that stuff. So that certainly is a good news as well. Now, I, you know, I can't get enough of reading these articles about practice. By the way, next Wednesday, the Panthers are going to have a live practice in this in Bank of America Stadium that will be on TV. It will be carried on the Panthers TV network. Just same network, you know, that covers all the, the preseason games. I wonder if they'll bring back sweet tweets, perhaps, for this practice. Huh. I need sweet tweets. I need Mick Mixon talking about Matt Rule's chest. Like, this this is all I'm going to have is this live practice next Wednesday without any preseason games. This is what I got, man. But it's not Ron. He doesn't have a what – did, what did he call these? Chest? It was ample. Ample Ron chest. Ron Rivera's – but is Matt Rule well, – but I want to see how he describes Ron's chest, though. Is it less than ample? You mean Matt Rule's chest. What did I say? You said Ron's. Oh, yeah. I want to see how he describes. <laughs> but I feel like he might have what, to go different part of the body. You what know, grown like, man's chest am I talking about? If you just joined us – we're talking about the Panthers doing live TV coverage on the Panthers TV network of a practice in Bank of America Stadium next Wednesday to give fans a chance to get a glimpse. And then we're trying to figure out, will Mick Mixon read off sweet tweets like the preseason games 
and will he uh, talk about the coach's chest? So if you had some confusion why I was talking about men's chest, there is your answer. Yeah. Okay, there is your answer right there. wasn't about the chest. It was more about Mick Mixon being silly talking about the chest. Although now I'm the silly one talking about chess. But anyway, I love that touch. I love what they're doing there with that. And I'm looking forward to, because without preseason. Now, do you think preps, is it lame of me? Because you're a football nut. you got to get my back on this, I would think. It's not lame of me to be excited about that, right? When we can't really get a glimpse of this team the way we usually do in the preseason. Um, I mean, no, I mean, it's not wrong of you to get excited. You but would I, watch Bill's practice. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. But I would, exactly. But I would react to it normally. I can't see you doing that. What I, the heck I are you see, talking about? I'd see Curtis Samuel catching a three-yard slant, and then they're not really hitting each other, so he takes it to the house, and you're like, look at that speed. Nobody could catch him. He's so fast. You think there's going to be overreactions yeah, I think on Thursday? I think you're going to overreact a lot. I think you're going to say things that are not true. Um, Training camp Jerry Rice, a.k.a. Curtis Tra Samuel. Training camp Rice, baby. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. I am really my over my preseason overreaction is severely limited because usually I do most of it after the games, right? After the meaningless preseason games. <laughs> so there is a chance that next Thursday I end up being very excited about that. I'm already starting to get more excited about the defense. I'm hearing about at multiple accounts yesterday, whether it was Lena Getzenberg, whether it was Miles Simmons, Panthers.com, talking about the defense dominating yesterday's practice. Brian Burns stripping CMC. There's a run stuff by Derek Brown. Where he, where he just abuses Matt Paradis. And I know that's bad news for Matt Paradis also. But Derek Brown gets into the backfield, gets a TFL on CMC. Uh, Panthers with red zone stops in the last couple of days, multiple. Like, I'm starting to get more excited about this defense as we hear about them in practice. But, yeah, I saw that same exact clip that the Panthers put out there, and I quote tweeted it and said, I thought it was a more indication on Paradis than it was on Derek Brown. Honestly, like, can it be an indication on both? They definitely that Derek can. Brown looks good and Paradis yes. looks like last year. You didn't let me finish, but Paradis just had awful technique. He had, like, he had his arm wrapped up in, like, a wing like this. Like, I don't know what, I don't know if Derek, if Derek Brown's that powerful, then more he power is to him. Powerful dude, man. But, He's but a run stuffing fool. Bad. That was I mean, bad. What, was, what did Derek Brown face? How many times did Derek Brown get single blocked at Auburn? Hardly ever. Yeah, but and that's Matt an Paris was trying to single block him. I, exactly. I mean, I'm just saying, you got to hope that that situation for the Panthers goes back and forth. Paradis wins well, some, Derek Brown wins some. You can't just have Derek Brown winning every time unless he's Aaron Donald as a rookie, but you kind of want Paradis to win some of those matchups too. I'm, we didn't see him all. Well, see, here's but. the thing that is always kind of funny and bone is always, by the way, Mac and preps with your bone is out today. We're, t we're reviewing Panthers camp from yesterday and how the defense has been playing pretty darn well, more than holding their own. And one is this Derek Brown play. Uh, against Paradis and stuff and McCaffrey in the backfield. Bone used to always make fun of me because I would always get excited, like he would say, overexcited maybe, about players doing things in practice. Yes. But the downside of it, like it depends on how you want to look at it. I want to see that play because I like being a positive Panther fan, even if it hasn't sounded like it all offseason. I like to look at that play and think about, man, that rookie is the truth. But the point that can be made on the other side from people that want to be negative or you know, not be just, realistic. Well, yeah, but it, it, it's like a glass half full or half empty. Yes. What do you dwell on with that play? You're a negative Panthers trolling buffoon. No, I'm, so of course you're going to dwell on the oh Paradis thing. Mac, I gave you credit. I gave Derek Brown credit. I was like, you have to understand, is this guy that powerful? And as Panthers fans, you got to hope that's what it is. Or just not Matt Paradis is that bad because. Well, he was it, last year. It, that's what I'm saying. You referenced and last year. It wasn't good. And when did you, people are bringing this up. When did you become John Matsko all of a sudden, breaking oh down God. technique? Preppy it was, was a dead terrible. holder. Preppy was a holder at Lake Norman oh High School. God. And all of a sudden he's John Matsko breaking down O-line Mac, technique. how many years of football did you play? 
I played one, man. Oh, so you I tried, should never talk football then. You I never tried to quit the game. in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got all technique-oriented <laughs> on me, though, and stuff like that. Um, all right, let's let, – by the way, Matt Rule talked about this practice because this practice was one where they went 11-on-11 almost the whole day. Now, it wasn't full-on tackle. It was what they call thud, you know, hit them and kind of let off or whatever. But Matt Rule talked about why the heck so much 11-on-11. You know, with no preseason games, um, with really no OTAs, thought it was important to uh, to, to get the guys some um, you know situations. You know, uh, uh, having to react uh, in the red zone, having to react backed up, having to react to sudden change, having to react to two minute. Um, you know, just, sometimes you have to just play those situations out and and then uh, learn from them. So he eighty nine. He said yesterday eighty nine plays eleven on eleven. That's a lot. It's a lot for a training camp practice. But you get his point. We don't have preseason games. And also, according to to folks, you know the writers are doing a great job covering this. It's a lot of rotating guys in and out. It, these are the looks you've got to get at your whole roster that you don't have preseason games to get it. So. I mean, th this is one of the reasons why I just anticipate a slow Panther start. It's just not only, you know, the turnover and just, I mean, Matt Rule in his first year, this is not an ideal situation to be in your first year. Like a, a guy like Sean Payton and his staff are in a much better, much better situation for this. Hell, Sean Payton, what did he do? Tell everybody, don't worry about the virtual sessions. Yep. Everybody chill out, enjoy time with your family. Like Matt Rule couldn't do that. Yeah, you know, I, so it's. I just feel like there's going to be a major growth period early, and I hope people don't freak out. Like if they come out of the gate zero and four, oh, people aren't freaking out, like thinking it's the end of the world. Like we're starting something brand new, and Matt Rule and his staff, like this is a this is not an ideal way to get everybody ready. I feel like you'll be doing victory celebrations for every time they lose. If they come out of the zero and four, I feel like Matt will be in here doing. How will that be received? Do you think? Do you think like that? See, the thing is, too many Panther fans will hate that. Like, yeah. there'll be plenty of Panther fans that want to draft, like, one or two, yeah. want to get a quarterback like me, and would understand why I'm doing not victory dances or whatever <laughs> we're calling them. Yeah. But there, it's too polarizing. Too many fans would get agitated. And unlike Preppy, I am not here to agitate my fellow oh, Panther no, fans. Not, I would I never do that. I am not here to do that sort of thing. Uh, something interesting yesterday as well, kind of sad, is um, David, uh, David Tepper Sports and Entertainment, which controls the Panthers and Charlotte FC. They furloughed more than 15 people, laid off three people yesterday, um, and they are saying, obviously, what, what unfortunately all businesses are saying are, you know, COVID reasons for doing this. I saw Josh Klein bring up a good point. The timing of this, you know, right before the season makes you wonder, do the Panthers kind of know now we're not going to have fans and they have to do something to make up for that revenue? And unfortunately... You know, 15-plus people get furloughed through January 31st. Three, really, unfortunately, three people lose their jobs. It's it, it's interesting to, to to ask what the reason why is for that. Um, I know the Falcons have come out and said our first – I would think at the very least the first couple games, Panthers not going to have fans. By the end of the season, I don't know. Maybe there's a shot for that at the, at the end of the season. By the way, Omar Bayless, Matt Rule continues to rave about undrafted free agent Omar Bayless and F.A. Obata. They are two of the guys that he continues to talk good about that, you know, would be, you know, guys that are kind of underdogs on the roster. So, But Bayless has, has a knee issue and did not practice yesterday. So we'll see what happens with that moving forward. And we'll talk more on this show as the show rolls on. Well, we haven't even gotten into this whole uh, injured players wearing red jerseys with the number one on them yesterday. This is the new controversy of people saying 
Matt Roll is trying to take a shot at Cam. It's a dig at Cam. So we'll get into that later on the show. Um, and we'll get more into how well the defense is playing in practice and does it even matter? Should we even get the slightest bit excited? All that stuff coming up later. Uh, Mac and Preps with you bone out today. But coming up next, we got to talk about it. It sucks. The whole situation stinks. John Folky, play-by-play voice suspended. We'll tell you why. We'll talk about it. Sports Radio FNZ.